It's really important that we have this team approach. We're all in this together and absolutely with good teamwork, the vet visit can be enjoyed rather than being a source of stress. Does your dog tremble every time they set foot inside the vet clinic? Is your vet fear aware? This is what you need to know. Welcome to the Call the Vet Show, the podcast that helps keep your furry family as healthy as possible so they can live the full and happy life they deserve. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Call the Vet Show. I'm veterinarian Dr. Alex, and it's my mission to give you the information that you need to help optimize your pet's health so that they can live the full and happy life that they deserve. And I'm really happy to have you along for today's show because it's a really important one. Now, it might be natural for us to think that any visit to the vet is a stressful experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. In the time that I've been a veterinarian, there's been a really big push to consider the experience of our dog and cat patients in the veterinary clinic and how we can make their lives a lot happier, make the experience a lot less stressful for them so that from their very first visit, they can become used to the vet and they can actually think of us as a source of treats and fuss rather than being injected and poked and prodded by complete strangers. So if your pet is completely happy at the vet currently, then we want to keep them that way. But if they are nervous, then today I'm talking about how you can tell if your vet is aware of their emotional state and doing everything that they can to keep them as happy as possible. So let's jump into the show. Hello, Dr. Avery. My name is Sally and I'm on the admin team of one of the largest dog training Facebook groups, Dog Training Advice and Support. One of the problems that we are frequently asked about is dogs that are scared at the vets. We can advise on behaviour problems, including fear, but my question is, As this is often the result of a bad experience at the vet, how can people be sure that the vet and the vet nurses they are trusting with their beloved dog or cat are not only skilled at their job from a medical point of view, but that they are also empathetic and understand how to get through a procedure without causing the pet to be afraid and in fear for their life? I believe that there is a new initiative called Fear Free, taking the pet out of petrified for veterinary practices and their staff. Can you tell us more about this and how people can find a fear-free vet? And also, how can we, as pet owners, persuade more vets to sign up to this amazing programme? Thank you. So there's some great questions here from Sally. So thanks for sending those in. And being fear-free certified is something that I've recently become. And I think it's a really important and welcome development in the practice. There's definitely been an increase in awareness of fear, anxiety and stress in our pets in the time that I've been in practice. And there's definitely been a push to have more pet-friendly handling techniques and strategies in place. So fear-free in itself isn't necessarily a revolution. And that's certainly something that I found going through the training program. Yes, I definitely did 
learn an awful lot of new techniques and new strategies but many of the things that they were talking about were uh, things that I was already aware of and thankfully already doing so I think it's important to state that this isn't necessarily a revolution in how we are managing our patients although for some vets it may very well be a wake-up call and the wake-up call that they need to make sure that they're able to treat and handle and manage their patients as well as they are able without having a, an environment of fear in their clinic. So with that in mind, let's first think about how fear actually develops, because I do think that is important. And while it's very tempting and it's frequently blamed on the vet, if you like, I don't think that's particularly helpful. So in the first case, I think a lot of the time we get dogs that are really scared is because they have poor socialisation. They have poor early experiences that kind of impact them so it may be that they're not used to seeing different people they're not used to being in an environment where there are different people and where there are lots of different animals the only time they're getting that stimulation is when they come to the vet they're getting all of these smells these strange sights these strange noises and that in itself can be very scary so socialization definitely plays a role and I'll come back to that a little bit later when it comes to how we can try and reduce stress levels it may also be and this is maybe more for cats but the stress of going in the car and the stress of going in their carrier is so much because they're just not used to it that by the time they get to the vet they're already completely wound up and they're already scared what then happens doesn't help the situation absolutely bad experiences at the vets can play a huge role and maybe the trigger to cause a dog to be fearful whenever they st step foot in the vet clinic no vet would deny that there is that potential um, and we can think of this especially if a dog or cat is feeling unwell whenever they come to the vet clinic and all they ever the only time they ever go to the vet clinic is when they're not feeling well in the first place and they so they associate the vets with that feeling and with those emotions and so clearly every time they then set foot inside the building they're going to be scared and then the other reason that we can get kind of real fear at the vet clinic is not recognizing those early signs the early signs that your dog is starting to become stressed is starting to become a little bit fearful we're either not recognizing recognizing them or we're recognizing them but not taking the action that they deserve at that stage which can then make it very hard to correct that problem later on when they become much more fearful. So all that being said how can you tell if your vet clinic is practicing fear-free principles so like I say they don't necessarily need to be fear-free certified but are they practicing those principles well there's a number of different things that you'll instantly be aware of you can think about what the waiting room is like what that waiting experience is like are dogs and cats separated are dogs kept on a short leash and is that rule strictly adhered to do cats need to be in carriers are there places that you can put your cats in their carrier that are out of reach of dogs so some high uh, high platforms that you can put that on cats do like being up high and it does mean that dogs are not then able to sniff and kind of go up and nose their cage which can really freak a cat out so also in that waiting environment is there any background music so classical music has been shown to reduce stress levels now that's not going to be appropriate for every veterinary clinic it may be that noise causes problems in itself if the room is very echoey for example but background music especially classical music can be a sign that actually they're trying to provide a calming environment for their patients 
are there pheromone diffusers in the waiting area now you might not easily be able to see these but if you look at the plug and it looks like there's an air freshener in there then that's likely a plug-in pheromone and there's a number of different types that we've got so we've got a specific type for dogs called dog appeasing pheromone and we've got one for cats which is called feline facial pheromone and fell away is the most popular and common example of that so that again could help keep cats a little bit calmer and dogs a little bit calmer while they're in the waiting room and then when it comes to how the staff are interacting with you and your pet are they giving lots of treats is the receptionist or vet nurse vet technician offering treats to your dog in the waiting room when you go into the consult room does your vet give them lots of treats because that can really be a great way to distract them from some potentially difficult things that we have to do so giving injections for example which may be a little bit uncomfortable but giving treats can really just distract them to make sure that your dog doesn't even notice them giving treats can also help your dog settle down and feel more relaxed and comfortable in that environment in the consult room to begin with with that in mind, when your pet gets taken into the consult room, are they given time to acclimatise or does the vet or technician just jump in with their hands on examination? Actually giving your pet time to get used to the surroundings, to check everything out, have a good sniff around, to become more comfortable can make life a lot more easier later on in that consultation and may actually make things faster in the long run as well. And then if your dog or cat is showing signs of stress, especially if those stress levels are escalating despite steps being taken to reduce them, there are a couple of things that your vet might want to do if they're trying to reduce this problem. The first is that they may abandon the procedure and reschedule for another day if it's not urgent so an example here would be a nail clip it may be that they get through one foot but after that it becomes too difficult too challenging do we abort that situation and then reschedule the remainder of the nail clip for another day with a few strategies in place potentially it might be though that if that process and procedure needs to be carried out on that time because your pet is unwell they're faster to jump into sedation of your pet now that might sound a little bit scary to you we think of sedations and anesthetics as carrying a risk but actually if we're not doing that and we're just getting on with the job and using excessive physical restraint then that's only going to make matters worse in the future because your dog or your cat is going to become much more fearful much quicker when they come into the vet clinic and then the final sign that you'll notice that your vet is using fear-free principles will be the discussion that they have with you about preventing fear, anxiety and stress being a problem at subsequent visits. There's a number of different techniques that you as the pet owner can do at home to reduce those stress levels and there's a number of different supplements and medications that can be used as well. So if your vet is talking to you about these things then that's a good sign that they're taking the problem seriously and they really do understand the implications of a fearful pet. Now conversely if you're finding that your vet or your vet nurse and technician are just jumping in they're using physical restraint to overwhelm your pet just to get the job done then that's a sign that they're not taking the fearful experience of your pet seriously. Also if they're just completely ignoring signs of fear, anxiety or stress when your pet is clearly showing those emotions you may want to think about changing vets to a fear-free practitioner. And thankfully, finding a fear-free certified vet or veterinary practice is actually pretty straightforward. So you can just go to fearfreepets.com and click on the fear-free near me option at the top of the navigation. And then you can type in your location and it will show up all of the practices and veterinarians near you who have been through that fear-free program. Now, if you're trying to 
talk to your vet and convince your vet to go through that program because you are bonded with the practice, you enjoy the experience, but maybe you've got a, a particularly fearful pet, then I think you can talk about how you've heard about this program because that will demonstrate that pet owners are aware of it and they care about it. It also does count as CPD, so continual professional development, which all vets have to do every year. And you can also talk to your vet about how having a happier pet, having a happier patient base that aren't as fearful aren't as anxious or stressed is actually good for business because it's more likely that pet owners are going to seek veterinary care sooner rather than wait at home because they're just so worried that their pet is going to be scared when they go to the vet clinic. So just briefly, I also wanted to talk about some of the ways that you can help reduce your dog or your cat's stress levels by going to the vet. So it really is a team approach. If you're relying on your vet to do everything and not do anything yourself at home, then no amount of intervention or drugs is going to make a huge difference. So it's really important that we have this team approach. We're all in this together and absolutely with good teamwork, the vet visit can be enjoyed rather than being a source of stress. So the first thing to do is to have socialization visits. Now, this is something that I recommend really frequently, but I'm often very very disappointed with how little uptake I get when I suggest this. So if your pet is showing signs of being scared, especially if they're just a little bit anxious, actually having several visits to the vet clinic when there's not a problem, they're not having vaccines, they're not having any injections, they're not having any treatment or examination, that can make a big difference. You can bring your pet into the waiting room, you can sit there for a few minutes, you can give them their favourite treats and then leave again. After you've done that a few times, it may be that the receptionist or the nursing team come up and they make a big fuss of your pet. Uh, they give them treats and again you leave. So nothing nasty is happening. And if we do it this way, it will soon be the case that your dog is starting to associate the vet with a place of treats and fun rather than fear and needles. With cats, it's also important to get your cat used to their carry cage and to the car. And I've got another video that I'll link to that talks all about that. And then as an owner, you also need to be prepared to abort the visit for whatever reason if your pet is becoming more stressed. So if it's not an emergency, it's not something that must happen because of serious health implications, then you need to be aware that you might have to reschedule for another day if your pet is showing signs of severe stress or you have to be prepared to have your pet sedated and that may come at an increased cost as well as come at an increased inconvenience to you. But those things are all done with your pet's best interests in mind so that they're not having to suffer through a really stressful, fearful experience. And then the final thing that we need to do at home is trial various different pre-treatment protocols. So I've already mentioned that there are different supplements and drugs that can be used to reduce stress levels that can be given before a visit. Now, how effective they are really is highly variable. So different strategies and techniques will work for some animals and not for others. So it's a case of working through a little bit of a process, trialing them at home before a visit. If you're getting a good effect, fantastic. If not, then contacting your vet and looking at what the next step and the next trial is. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. 
how does your pet cope with going to the vet? What does your vet do to help keep them comfortable? And is there any action that you've taken at home as well to try and keep them as stress-free as possible? You can catch me on social media. I'm on pretty much every platform, but I'm most active on Instagram these days. So you can find me at Our Pets Health. And I'm also on Facebook at Our Pets Health TV, where you can also check out Sally and her group, Dog Training Advice and Support. So drop me a line and let me know what you think. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the show if you're not already so that you don't miss out on any of my fantastic future episodes. And next week, I've got a great one for you. I'm talking to Dr. Meg Kelly all about the importance of rehabilitation and physiotherapy in recovery from injury and surgery. So that's one definitely not to miss because physiotherapy, hydrotherapy and other physical therapies are so important in the recovery of our pet from any physical injury or trauma. But that's it from me. This is the Call the Vet Show. I'm Dr. Alex, and until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to Call the Vet. For full show notes and any links mentioned in today's show, head over to callthevet.org, where you can also submit your question to be featured on an upcoming episode. We'll see you next time.